Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for tuning in once again. I can't thank you enough for believing in me and supporting me in this great cause. Uh, it means the world to me. and I'm so thankful for all the amazing guests that keep coming on, on my show. Uh, you know, it's amazing the stories that I hear. And it just proves to me the power of the human spirit. We can overcome so many things. And because of those challenges, we end up doing great things for other people. So today's going to be no different. Today we are joined by the co-founder of Live Your Dream Foundation, Katie Bunnell. Yeah, it's so good to be here. Thank yeah. you for this opportunity. I yeah. appreciate it. Katie, it's you're my the first podcast. First podcast. Katie's been on TV all over the place, <laughs> but I was shocked to hear this was her first podcast. So yeah. I feel very fortunate. And guys, we're in for a treat. So how lucky are we to have you? I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Um, so yeah, you, like I just said, you're the co-founder of Live Your Dream Foundation. It was founded back in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um and because of uh, an event that you went through, which we'll get into in a minute, um, you're a wife, a mom, a community champion, uh, philanthropist, president and co-founder, like we said, of the Live Your Dream Foundation. You support single mother families. Absolutely. You have a lot of passion for that. Yep. You know, and it's amazing, again, what you've been through and how that leads to you doing such great things for these single moms. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for our audience to hear this. But I first would like to start out just... Maybe tell us a little bit about your background, a little bit about you and maybe where you grew up. Let's sure. start there. Yeah. So I grew up in Utah County in Orem. And um, actually, I I was um, born in Provo. And okay. then when I was about eight years old, we moved to Orem. Yeah. Like what was that? Ten minutes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just over the street. <laughs> yep. Over the street. So okay. yeah, it was um, when I was eight years old, we moved there and had a good childhood, um, lived in a cul-de-sac and in a nice area, um, went to Mountain View High School. Okay, yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm a Mountain Bruin. View. A Bruin, okay, <laughs> yep. right on. Went to Orem Junior High um, as a teenager, um, just starting out in those hard, awkward years. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, when I was in junior high, um, so I was always really shy as a kid. Like mm-hmm. super shy. Like really? my mom would say, hey, Kate, <laughs> go borrow eggs from the neighbor. And I was like terrified to do that. Um, and so it's something that I've had to really work, work towards of yeah. coming out of myself and, and, and being a little bit more outgoing. Yeah. Cause you know, people who, you know, the way I view you now is like, that's the last thing I think you yeah, would be people say that shy all the time. or anything like that, you know? So, well, let's talk a little bit about some of maybe those challenges as a, as a, a, a child growing up. I mean, what were some of the things that maybe you faced and that, uh, you had to like learn to overcome as a kid? For sure. So when I was in junior high, um, I was just trying to fit in, you know, as like a, a seventh grader. And um, and during that time, there was a lot of dieting going on oh, and yeah. a lot of this is good, this is bad. Yeah. Kind of like it is, is now, but it sure. was kind of starting out that way for me as, as recognizing that in my life. Mm-hmm. And in, uh, in eighth, eighth and ninth grade, I really, really struggled with 
what can I eat? What can I not? Mm. And I developed an eating disorder. Okay. Um, so, so that was a real struggle for me, but nobody knew about it. I right. kept it really secret. Really? Okay. Yeah. My friends, uh, some of my friends knew about it. They didn't know what to do, how to handle that kind of scenario. Was it talked a lot about among your friends? Like, did, meaning, because I know with girls, a lot of times, you know, there's this pressure to maybe look a certain way or, of you know, that kind of thing. Did you guys even talk about that kind of things as, as girls or did you also keep it from this was your issue and that you Yeah, were... I was really embarrassed by okay. it, right? Like yeah. I um and then it it kind of brought me into a little bit of a depression as mm. a kid. Yeah. You know, um and I, again I was I was kind of that shy kid just trying <laughs> yeah, to right. you know, trying to fit in. Um and so any kind of vulnerability would have been really, you know, not something that I would have done. Right. Um so I kind of went under the radar. Um but I played sports as a kid. I loved playing okay. softball and basketball. Really? All right on. Um, and so that was an outlet for me mm. um, to be able to play sports. And so when I was in ninth grade, I was moving into Mountain View, the new school. Yeah. And I was, it was kind of like a new start for me. So it was like, okay, I can get rid of this eating disorder stuff. Um, you know, let's, you know, trying to kind of yeah. fix myself. Yeah. Um, and then I started high school and, um, and I made sports teams and enjoyed that. Um, but the eating disorder stuff was always kind of in the background. Yeah. Right. Um, it was something that I was kind of fighting. Um, and it was really m literally more about food being, being bad. So, mm. you know, all the different foods, I was literally terrified to, to even try because wow. it was like bread, yogurt, potato, you know, everything that like was in our home, it was like I couldn't eat. Wow. And so um, it wasn't as much of how I looked, but how I couldn't eat. Yeah. Because did it your bad. family notice at this point? Were they noticing like, hey, she's not eating or um, I mean, did they see uh, maybe a change in your appearance? or anything Yeah, like that? that's where it was kind of like a different world. Like at home, I was kind of doing whatever I needed to do, but it was outside of my home oh, okay. that the eating disorder was more, um, coming up. Gotcha. Um, and so I, I grad, I, um, my friends started seeing it in high school and they were in a position that they didn't know what to say. They didn't know what to do. You know, they're yeah. in the same boat as teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it wasn't until the summer that I graduated that I met my, let's say, so, I, my neighbor was the guy that I married. Oh, really? So yeah. So on my girl senior trip after high school, <laughs> my, uh, my brother invited the neighbor boy on that trip. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you've ever been to Lake, have you ever been to Lake Powell? Oh yeah. So yeah. you're like stuck. Like, oh yeah, you're right? there. And so that's when now <laughs> everyone... That's when yeah. my eating disorder is kind of coming out, right? Oh, wow. Because, and, and it's more... There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide. So more yeah. people are seeing what's going on because mm. it's like a 24-hour... Oh, for sure. You know, everyone's yep. kind of seeing it. And that was, for me, where it kind of hit me of, okay, this this is not this is not good, yeah. you know, and my dad and, you know, different people were, were recognizing that. I mean, they recognized it here and there, but this was kind of like, I feel like the time that I knew that I needed to really do something that yeah. whatever I was doing wasn't working. 
Right. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, Lake Powell, you're you're on a houseboat, this confined area. Yep. And everyone sees everything you're doing. <laughs> right. Yep. Everything <laughs> Pretty that's much. going on. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, so it wasn't until we got back from that trip that um that I met at people at the Center for Change down in oh, yeah. Utah County. Oh yeah. And Great place. Yeah, it was yeah. a really good experience. The first person that I met there, um, it, they kind of just scared me into think, you know, thinking <laughs> I needed help. And yeah. for me, it wasn't like that didn't work for me. And so I met a different therapist, which I always say shop around, find somebody that you can connect with, whether it's a therapist or life coach or somebody that's going to help you. And we really connected and I was able to get um, help um, just over a year um, okay. at w- being an outpatient. Oh, really? Okay. Um, so that was right really, on. really good. But going back to the neighbor boy at the Lake Powell, I think we need to touch on on that. <laughs> yes, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I, I got a couple quick questions. Um, so looking back now, and, and we have a lot of uh, women that listen to this podcast, a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, even younger girls that listen to this. Yep. You know, they're hearing your story a little bit there, and I think a lot of them can relate, and not just women, men as well. Yep. But, you know, what were some of the lessons you learned now, looking back now through just that part of your life of going through that? What what were maybe some of the lessons that stand out to you that, or maybe some advice that, you know, you wish you would have listened to or For that sure. you could have maybe helped with? For sure. I mean, I think... You know, me and my friends have talked about that because we all feel really bad that, you know, they all feel really bad that they weren't able to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really don't know. I don't know what people could have done where yeah. I was a youth, right? Like I, right, yeah. I was my own person at the yeah, time of, right. you know, this is what I was going to do. But what I would have wished that I could have told myself is that um, you are you are good just the way you are, mm. right? That yeah. you... Um, that you're loved, that you're cared for, that there's so many people out there that love you, you know? And I don't think that I realized that. I don't think that I felt that way in my life. For some reason, I just thought of everything that I wasn't good at. You know, I thought of everything that I um, was falling short. Um, And I was really hard on myself. And I wish that that I could have had that confidence back then, you know? Yeah. And I think that's pretty common for kids your age. That, Absolutely. I mean, we don't even know what we're doing half the time, right? Exactly. And I know it's easy to look back, hey, you know, but I love what you said. If you could go back and talk to yourself, yep. I would say, you know, you're you're good enough. You're you're loved. Yep. You you know, you're lovable. Exactly. Those kind of things. And I can relate with that too, because I, you know, I had some similar things that I struggled with when I was a kid just with believing I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And I think most people listening to this can probably relate to that. Absolutely. So. And, and as a parent, it's really taught me to tell my kids like yeah. that, that they're, they're, they're worthy and that they're good enough and that I'm proud of them, Yeah, you know, all the that. time. Like, yeah. you know, days don't go by without them knowing that, you know, and I tell them, you know, if, 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 if I'm gone today, what do you remember about your mom? You know, yeah. and it's important, so important for me to, for them to know those things about themselves, because I believe that that's what we can do for the our kids when they're in positions where, um, you know, there's not like this perfect thing I, I think that we can say and do, but as long as that they feel that they're loved yeah. and that you're proud of them, I think that that's one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids. I love that. Beautiful. 
Beautifully said. Well, then, you know, you marry the neighbor boy. Yeah, the neighbor boy. The yeah. cute neighbor the boy. The cute neighbor boy. You know Say by the Bell? Yeah. Zach Morris? Yeah. Yeah, he was my Zach he, he Morris. Your... <laughs> Say by the Bell, that brings back memories. Right? There might be a lot of people listening to this that I've never even heard of that, but uh, <laughs> it was one of those uh, little sitcoms that we yep. used to watch as kids and stuff. So, well, so you get married. You know, you've got your, you know, you're having kids, right? At this point or So, no? yeah. So we, um, we got married. So we basically met at Lake Powell and that kind of started our, our, our dating thing. He was older than me, four years older than okay. me. Yeah. Um, I knew his family really well, babysat for his mom, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, knew his mom really well. And, um, we just, um, we got married after a year of dating mm-hmm. and just had the best time, but he was a pivotal um, help for me with my eating disorder. He was, you know, when we went on our first date, I literally told him, I said, I, I kind of like shared, I said, I, you know, cause he was on the Lake Powell trip too. And I just said, Hey, I've got this eating disorder that I'm working on. And he was the guy that would say, okay, today we're going to try burritos. Yeah. We're going to try, you know, supporting you. Yeah. The different foods. And he really, really helped me. And (laughs) that's awesome. And so you know, I always look back and, and he is somebody that, um, that was, you know, the love of my life. And he also, um, helped me in more ways that he probably, you know, that he never knew. Never really realized um, how, how, how much you needed that. Yeah. How much you I needed, needed that. that so much. And somebody that I could be open mm-hmm. and honest to, and he loved me. Yeah. You know, he didn't, yeah. um, he didn't think of me different for where yeah. I was at. Yeah. Well, you're making me emotional. You're getting <laughs> emotional. Um, and you know, this is not, maybe not the funnest thing to talk about, but something happened in 2005. So why don't you share with our listeners what happened in 2005 and and, and let us know. Yeah. So, um, me and, me and Byron, we, we were, uh, best friends. We played co-ed softball. We, I mean, we just had so much fun. We went to Cancun. Um, we were young, um, married people that had done quite a bit in our young lives, Um, and he struggled with migraine headaches as a Mm. kid. Um, they came on when he was about nine years old where his mom was saying that that, that he was missing school and, and that they were, um, a problem. So when we were married, we had a lot of fun, but he struggled with these migraine headaches. And, um, so we did all sorts of things back then to try and get help, um, just anything you can think of. We tried, um, I remember just being in tears, um, with the doctor just saying, is there anything else that we can do? So as far as his mom and everyone, they did everything. And then, then, then we together as a, as a couple did everything. And one morning I went to go wake him up for a meeting and he didn't wake up. Um, we had moved next door to his parents, which was a huge blessing hindsight. Um, but I called, I called his mom and said, I can't get him up. Um, and, um, his, you know, his mom and dad came over, his dad, um, had me help him do CPR. Um, Mm. I did breaths, you know, he did compressions and I'd never done CPR before. Right. And so, um, he just didn't wake up. I remember me and his mom were praying and praying and praying, um, as they were, as the, now the paramedics came to try and help him. And, um, they came and told us he passed away. Um, oh, this was very unexpected. We just had our three month old baby daughter. 
Um, so I was a new mom Yeah. and, um, this was just completely devastating. I'd quit my job. I'd gone to hair school yeah. <clears throat> and, um, I'd quit my hair job to stay at home. That was like, you know, I had, I had done that and I was so excited to be able to spend yeah. and be a stay at home mom with my daughter. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, after I heard the news that he passed out, I just, uh, or that he had passed away, I passed out. I, oh, you know, it was just, it was like, just too much, too much, too much to hear. Um, so yeah, that's, oh, that's man. what happened that day, but just completely devastating, completely, you know, he had migraine headaches, but it wasn't like we thought he was, could die. Yeah, right. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just something he's dealing with and, yep. but never went there. Yeah. yeah. And they, they, they found out that he was having many strokes. And oh, so okay. that's what happened in his sleep. He just passed away. Um, oh my goodness. So yeah, just completely uh, uh, a pivot. Yeah, big pivot. Big pivot. And again, you know, my heart goes out to you. I, I, and I know, I mean, this story is still going, and it's a great story. Meaning, you're you're doing so good, but at the time, I can't even imagine what that was like. I I I, I just. Yeah, I was 23 years old. He was 27. Yeah, so young as Super well. Young. Both both young. Oh my goodness. So this happens, and obviously, like you said, you you were devastated, which is understandable. Talk about just a little bit about how did you get through that? Like, what were the things that stood out to you that helped you get through that? And you know, you know, if it's if it, if it was faith in something, if mm -hmm. it was, tell us how you got through this difficult time. Absolutely. So, um, huge um, support for my in-laws. Okay. Um, I will forever be grateful for them. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like they were there and they were there for me in more ways than they will ever know. Um, and, and then having my daughter, I mean, I, I always tell her she's my angel Yeah, right. because I couldn't give up. Right. I had to keep on, I had to figure it out. Right. I, I was so depressed. I was in such a dark hole. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, we ended up having to sell my home. Cause we'd moved into our dream home next to my in-laws wow. and I had a, I, um, I moved, we found a home down the street that I was able to move in that my dad helped okay. me get into. Okay. So a lot of changes, just a lot uh, of changes. And I just remember, I remember you'd have so many people come up and say, Oh my gosh, you're doing so good. We're just so, you know, we've been so worried. We can see yeah, that you're doing yeah. so good. And I became a, um, I, I, I became really, really good at shelving my feelings. Yeah. Right. And, um, and I, I hated it when people said I was doing so good because I knew I wasn't doing yeah, good. Yeah. And it's almost like if you only knew exactly what's really going on, yep. you know? Yeah. I mean, I just yeah. remember what, like, there was some, something about like going through that experience that I felt like I was going to die. Wow. Like, I literally felt like, I couldn't live and not that yeah. I was suicidal, right? but I, I got all my, um, all of my belongings in order and mm. I, and I wrote like, you know, what, what was going to happen with my daughter? Really? Yeah. Just because I don't know what yeah. it was, but I, I did not, I was like, how could I live this way? Yeah. Right. Um, and I just remember this is, sounds really morbid, but I, you know, I, it was like, car's going to hit me. You know, we were doing a roof job. Like I'm going to fall off the roof. Like I, like for some reason I didn't believe that 
that life would go on. Like, yeah, it's almost what what I'm hearing too, because I see this a lot with my clients. It's it's almost like a trauma response of, this is so painful. Your mind goes to, well, yeah, getting hit by a car or falling off this roof would actually may even be a relief. Yeah. Not that you were suicidal, no, like you not said, at all, yeah. but but that makes a lot of sense because you were hurting so bad. So bad. We don't want to hurt, mm-hmm. so it's like I want this to go away. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I d- I didn't know I didn't know how to be social with people, right? Because mm-hmm. how do you laugh? How do you smile? Yeah. You know, but that's my that's the core of me is humor, mm-hmm. and my my okay. my my husband that had <laughs> passed away, I and mean, we just had so much fun and <laughs> laughter, right? Yeah. And so it was just a different world yeah. now to be in of yeah. just completely broken. Yeah. How can I be me? And yeah. Laugh and smile. Yep. So mm. I lost, I, I, I was reading over a, a journal entry and I literally feel like I lost like a huge piece of me for sure. You know, and it was like, I'm never going to get that back. Wow. So, and I know we're jumping way ahead here when I asked this question, but how did you finally kind of like break through, so to speak of, you know what? I think I'm going to be okay. I think I, I want to get out now and I want to, I don't know what was there something that happened or was it just this gradual thing over time? Um, I would say that time was a huge thing. Okay. But um, so during that time, um, I had moved, like I said, down the street um, to a new home, and there was um, my brother-in-law's friend. Um, he was um, always helping us um, out, my in-laws and me. And he, um, when I lived next to my in-laws, we, we noticed that somebody was shoveling the walk for us oh, in the winters. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we were trying to find footprints. Like, who is this? <laughs> Who's you know, doing who's it, yeah. this like secret, you <laughs> this, know, this, person that's yeah. like serving us. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well that's, we found out who it was and it was my, my brother-in-law's friend and, and he was really just served all of us and helped us all. And, um, awesome. me and him became really, really good friends. Yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, I didn't pay. I, I said to my brother-in-law's friends, I said, if you help me move, I'll give you some haircuts for free. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then that's how I got to know my now husband. Really? Yep. That's the guy. Cutting hair. Yep. Cutting hair. So I never <laughs> dated, never dated. Really? I went to, I went to, um, different social groups and stuff, but I never dated. It was this guy that was hanging around that I was trying to get to set him up with other girls. And, um, we came really good friends and, um, I didn't want to ever get married. I never wanted to date. Um, but I think it was him that, um, got me a little bit out of my funk that and school. Okay. So I, I ran, I trained for a marathon, me and my father-in-law after my husband passed away the following um, fall. So we were training for a marathon. So that was really helpful. Sure. We would just talk and, you know, get all of our feelings out and run. And then, um, and then this friendship that I had with this guy. Um, (laughs) and then, um, also I started school. Mm. And so the, the, all those distractions, um, but my, the problem for me was, is I stayed so busy. So I didn't have to think. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah, avoid the thinking, which leads to feeling. Yeah. Yeah, so the busier you are, the less you thought about it, yeah. for sure. So I yeah. don't know that I had too much feeling Yeah. because I was just, right. you know, staying so busy. But um, my, my husband, he went to um, 
UVU down um, down south, and he um, UVU sent me a letter <clears throat> after he died and said that we wanted to give me a year's worth of free therapy. Wow. So I went to UVU and got some therapy no during way. that time as well. That's so that incredible. Was super awesome. Shout out to UVU. Shout out to UVU. That's such a great school, and yeah. that makes them even more great. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, I didn't know they did things like that. Yeah, and that's where that's, that's cool. where I started school as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I went to UVU as my as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, yeah, that's another story. I was on probation for a while, and anyway, I'm doing good now. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so this happens, and then this guy, this, you know, you you realize that maybe this is a guy I could be with. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, it was just, it just, he just kind of fell into yeah, my lap. Yeah. Um, he was just a really good guy. And I, tr- like I said, I tried to even set him up with my sister, like, because I knew he was a really good guy, right? But I yeah. never thought about me. With you, yeah. So, um, so, the, so, so after like a while of hanging out, um, he, for my birthday, he gave me this chest. And it had my daughter Callie's name inscripted on it. He built it. And if you open it up, um, there was a picture of my husband and then a picture of Christ. And it said, I never said it would be easy. I only said it would be worth it. I know that quote. Yeah. Yeah. And he had a four wheeler, which my husband loved. And he had that inscripted on this chest. And I thought, I can't let this guy go. This guy is like amazing. Amazing. You know, and he's been there for me. And so I ended up calling my mother-in-law. I went down to my basement. And I don't know why, but I was in like a closet. Yeah, and like, I said, I don't know what to do. This guy on paper is perfect. Yeah. But my heart's not there yet. Yeah. And she had an experience that she felt like he was the one as well. And so Boy, we ended. Amazing. And so it was her that um, really helped me to be able to move forward in that way. Because I don't know if I would have been stuck you know, forever. If, well, and good for her you know. too, because she could easily have been like, well, I don't want you to be with anyone else. Yep. You know? Exactly. But obviously she's looking at what was best for you. Exactly. That's amazing. So that was really cool. I always, yeah, the his, my first husband's family means like a lot yeah, to me. I can, and I can tell. A lot of pivotal things that they've done for me in my life that have shaped yeah. me to where I am now. Well, shout out to them for sure. For sure. I can tell you get emotional when you talk about yep. them. Um, I think it's incredible there's people out there like that exactly who are not selfish mm-hmm. and they want what's best for you exactly. i think that's amazing we need more of that in this world right we truly do i believe it wow so you end up marrying this guy yep right yeah so we got married <laughs> and you're still married to this guy yep. and what's his name by the way his name's devin so we can devin shout out to devin, shout out to devin. yeah you're you're awesome too yep uh, <laughs> um and now you have four kids, right? Now I have four kids. Yep. Yeah. So my daughter that is that uh, my husband passed away with is seventeen. Is seventeen now. Senior in wow. high school. Wow. I'm old. You don't I look 40 old. This year. Do you do? Yeah. You look like you're twenty five. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. Um, seventeen, and yeah. then you got three younger ones. Three younger ones. Obviously. Uh, seventeen, twelve, uh, five, and four. Very cool. Yeah, we had a hard time having yeah. kids, so yeah. there's two different families sure. going on. Yeah, but that's cool. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Well, you know, thank you for sharing that. I know that's not the easiest thing to talk about, even though things are good for you. For sure. You know, but it's still a hard thing to talk about. Um, but this led to something pretty amazing, yep. right? And we, we mentioned that at the very beginning, Live Your Dream Foundation. Yep. Talk about this, because I know you. this is your passion. This is your baby. This is yep. your 
like this is what gets you out of bed in the morning, so to speak, right? So Absolutely. tell us about this. So um, like I said, I went to college. Um, I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to do it. For some reason, I had told myself that I wasn't smart enough, <laughs> right. you know, that it wasn't yeah. something that I was going to do. And my mother-in-law was like, yeah, I'll go with you. She's like, let's just try a few classes. Yeah. So I took a few classes <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I can totally do this. Wow. So I got my degree, my bachelor's degree in two and a half years. I just went every semester Dang. taking 18 plus credits. Um, luckily, when I was able to move into the home that I was in, we put a hair salon in the basement. So I was so able to do hair so while I went hair. to school. Oh, wow. Yeah. My my dad is amazing. And he, um, he helped me get into this home. Um, he was just kind of like you know, taking care of me in that way. Well, and amazing. so I had so cool. a lot of support during that time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so, wow. so I was able to, to get my de degree really quick, but I was like, how do people do this that don't have support? Like I had great support from yeah. family members and different people in my life. And I, I, I only had one kid, you know? Yeah. And so my family came to me um, after my experience and they thought, they said, what about putting together a scholarship for single moms to go to school? And I was like, I wanted to do this when I was old. Like, I did not know yeah. that, you know, uh -huh. it was something I could do now. Yeah. And so <laughs> we started the Live Your Dream Foundation and we provide scholarships for single moms that want to gain any kind of education that will increase their earning potential to better provide for their children. That's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's awesome. Well, you know, and I always, you know, one of the things I talk to my clients a lot about, because they've gone through, you know, hell and back. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I try to teach them is the principle of life happens for you. Yep. You don't really recognize it when you're going through it. Exactly. But think about all the, you know, help you're giving now, but you wouldn't be doing that had you not gone through what you went through. So exactly. it happened for you on some level. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, ha so talk a little bit more like... You know, like how many scholarships have you given out and how long have you been doing this? And give us a little more background on the, on the foundation. Sure. Yeah. So when we first started the foundation, we were just doing 5Ks, you know, oh, okay. to earn a little bit of money. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we were just whatever we could get and give was, was fun. Um, and so we realized that 5Ks were a little bit saturated here in Utah. It was like the yeah. time that everybody was doing yeah, 5Ks. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and so, um, we decided, so when we first started, we were just a nonprofit. We weren't a 501c3. Um, my dad, who's the co-founder was like, let's, let's see, you know, let's see how this goes before we take it to that next step. Yeah. You know, make sure we're all in. Yeah. And so, um, after we were doing the five Ks, one of, um, DK, one of, um, my dad's employees at Paragon Wealth Management came to us and said, what about a raft and run? Nobody does that. Right? Yeah. Like a raft down Provo River really? and then run a 5K. And then go run. <laughs> yeah. And so that was so fun. It was a family friendly type event. Um, but that's just it. It was family friendly, right? So we didn't raise too much money, but I mean, reunions would come, wow. um, businesses would come and do team building. Really? Um, but um, it was a lot of work because we had to get buses to go yeah, that's you know, to the lot. top. And I mean, just all the logistics for a, a volunteer only nonprofit, yeah, my right? goodness, yeah. And so we decided to pivot. So we pivoted a few times and, and one of my board members was like, let's do golf. Um, there are a lot of golf uh, tournaments here in Utah. Yeah. But we were able to build up a, um, a bunch of businesses that, you know, every year, the past few years we've been selling out. 
Um, That's awesome. The first year we made $10,000, which was amazing. That is amazing. You know, and then last year we made 79000 Wow. So it's grown That's substantially. Amazing. So cool. So we've given um, over, um, two, let's see, like 213 scholarships and over $350,000 in scholarships. Wow. But the thing was, is we were like, you know, fundraising is the worst. Like, yeah. you know, it's probably bad that I'm saying this. Well, you know? it's just tough. I mean, that's a, you know, it's not the funnest thing to do. Let's be yeah, real. Yeah, it's super I love tough, it. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we were we were raising money and we were giving it all away, which was is always the best to right. give money away. Absolutely. But, um, but we decided we wanted to raise money for an endowment fund as well. So we're getting close to a half million dollars in that fund because no we want to be able to provide scholarships for generations to keep it going. You yes, know, it wasn't self-sustaining that. if we were just giving all the money away that we were raising, and so that's that's been a huge, um, exciting thing for me to be able to know that we can help these families, you know, for a long time. Yeah. And our scholarship, um, you know, recipients can receive it more than once. It doesn't have to just be a one-time thing. But we've also created what's called a Live Your Dream family. Mm. And so we have mentoring um, that okay. happens when you're going to school. Oh, and wow. we have activities for the kids. We just barely went to the ice castles. Oh, did you? Um, a those bunch are, of family those are cool. members. Yeah. yeah, we partnered with Bessie in the house. Okay. Here in Utah, if you, if you don't know those guys, they're amazing. Um, but like Thanksgiving Heroes helps us out with Thanksgiving meals, you know, what we found is just partnering with so many of the amazing nonprofits here in Utah together, we can do so much. That's so cool. You know, so it's really cool. Wow. That just sounds amazing. And I can only imagine, you know, these single moms that get these scholarships. Like you said, you you were fortunate to have a lot of family support and a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. And to be able to you now give back to these women who don't have that support, but now you become the support for them. Exactly. And a lot of them say that it's, you know, the scholarships are amazing, but it's that support that is invaluable. You know, they, you know, yeah, they always say that. They always tell me that like that hope that you give us, Kate, like is means the world to them. And, you know, there was one of my moms um, that had been, living on the streets of the youth and had gotten married. I mean, just had had just a rough life, you know, and she came to us and we gave her that hope and belief in her. And she got her degree in two and a half years too. But now she's, um, she got Alpine school district teacher of the year last year. And I said, you know, we helped you, but now look at how many people you're helping. The pay it forward effect is is incredible. Gosh, it gives me chills. Right? Yeah. So, you know, when, when I tell donors and just different people that we're helping, we're not just helping these, this one person, like the likelihood of their kids going to school substantially goes goes up up. when they see their parents go to school. And so, yeah, so it's just, it's incredible. (laughs) It's It's incredible. Seriously. So I do philanthropy, um, a hundred percent. It's really been important to me to, um, in my healing journey sure because it's something that me and my husband did together yeah we loved serving others yeah and so when i when i'm doing it i feel like he's a part of what we're doing well our our mutual friend amy Mm -hmm. who who lined us up here um she couldn't say enough good about you and like man you wait till you meet her she is the (laughs) best best. yeah she's just like 
And and I can feel this from you. Like you got a big heart. You're kind. You're nice. Yeah. And uh, we need more of this out there because so many people need help in so many areas. But it's so neat that you have decided to dedicate your life to this. Yeah, for sure. Like I always tell people, like grow through what you go through. Ooh. You know. And um, write that one down, folks. <laughs> I I just love. I love that. And with, you know, so many things going on for everyone out in the world. And if we can grow through those things and, uh, and then learn from what we've gone through, um, the things that we go through, like if we can learn from them, like we are so much better from them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Which ultimately if we're, if we, if we, if that's true, then there's no bad things ultimately. Yep. Yeah, I always tell people I I, I would wow. never wish what I, I went through on sure. anyone. For sure. But yeah, you're exactly right. Because look what you're doing now. And had you not gone through that difficult time, and even as a, a girl with the eating disorder and things like all that stuff leads up to all the great you're doing in the world. Exactly. The, your light is shining bright. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I love it. That's the thing is like, um, so when I went, when, when I was in going to school, after my husband passed away, I was like so excited that I, my eating disorder didn't come up, you know, cause that can be a trigger, right? Absolutely. I was yeah. so excited. Um, and then when I was going to school, I was getting finished. I was remarried, right? Things were good. Yeah. And I decided I was going to start having kid, um, more kids and everything. And at that time. I got off of my antidepressants that I'd been on after my husband passed away. Didn't know. Wow. And eating disorder full-fledged in my last semester of college. Really? Yeah. Full-fledged. Um, a wow. matter of months, I was at a weight of a gymnast that had passed away. And really? it was really, really, really scary. Oh but gosh. luckily, I had a, those family members that came and that helped me through that. And now... I have um, so many tools yeah. to help me, yeah, and and that's what I did, and it was yeah. so great to be able to have the tools that I I've learned in my life, you know, to pick me up and to help yeah. me and yeah and whatnot. Wow, I, thanks for sharing that. I, I know that probably wasn't easy to say. So hard, <laughs> right? So hard. Yeah, like my eating disorder was always so embarrassing for me. Mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed because yeah. how could I let this happen? Yeah, you know, I'm a strong, right. strong person. Well, you know what it just tells me, honestly, is you're human. Yeah. And everyone listening to this, especially those who maybe have any eating disorder, can go. Oh, it's so refreshing that someone's willing to talk about it. Yeah. Because again, we're all going through something. Yeah. You know. We all have something we're dealing with. And that's why this, that's why I did this podcast, honestly, yep. is for people to get vulnerable because we need to hear this. Yep. So we can be inspired to go, you know what? If she is getting through this, so can I. Absolutely. And maybe I'll even reach out to her and talk to her. And yeah, that's what I'm hoping, sure. you know. And yeah, it's always been my, 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 <laughs> my, my little thing that I've been so, you know, yeah. embarrassed about. And yeah, and I want people to know that, you know what? Like, you're good just the way you are. Yeah. But, you know, grow through, like I said, grow through I those love things. that. Grow through what you go through. Grow through what you go through, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so if if there's someone listening to your voice right now, and you just gave some advice, I know you just did this, but like that one person who's in the darkness right now and doesn't think they can make it or they feel less than or they, I'll never get past this eating disorder, whatever it may be, 
that one person that's hearing your voice right now, what would you tell them right now? I would tell them that they're enough. And there's so many people out there that love and care about them. And that it seems hard right now, but I promise tomorrow is going to be better. You know, like just have, if you can have that belief that tomorrow is going to be better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, um, yeah. Like, and you're proof of that because absolutely. you know what that feels like to think, how can I even smile yeah. or laugh? Yeah, totally. I've but been you there. got there. Exactly. Exactly. And then for me now, like coming out the other side, like truly living your living each day like it was like it's your last like right like being kind you know saying hi meeting people where they're at knowing that we don't know what people are going through yeah we like, don't we don't yeah, we have no like idea. These, these things that i'm sharing today super hard i told you i've always said no to podcasts I know. because you know it's it's hard for me to open up i'm a private person but if i can help someone like I would do it a hundred times over, yeah. right? Yeah. Can you imagine walking out onto a stage and sharing your story in front of 400,000 people? Yeah. That's what you're doing right, right? now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I'm, tell me that. <laughs> I know. But that's the beauty. And, and, I, and I can't tell you how honored I am that you are willing to come on here. Because again, I had no idea that you've never been on them. Or, yeah. You know, I just saw you're on TV everywhere, but I know yeah. you're mo- mainly talking about your foundation and things like that. Absolutely. And I, and I know we got into some personal things and... I just can't thank you enough, and I know that your story is is needed to be heard today. I really do believe that. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm just so grateful for you and your story and you inspiring people. And like I told you, you, Todd, like you are changing lives. Like you are, like, I just barely met you, but like I can feel, (laughs) like I'm. Yeah, thanks. I I can feel people's, you know, like. Yeah like energy right yeah and and you've got some great energy here thank you and you should be super proud (laughs) of what you've built because you're helping a lot of people well like i said life happens for me yeah i took a drink at 11 years old and that drink led to me talking to you today yeah i wouldn't change a thing how sweet isn't that crazy yeah it's crazy but thank you and i feel the same about you you got a good vibe a good energy a good spirit yeah you shine bright um, you don't look 40. Uh, so that's, that's definitely <laughs> well, a compliment. <laughs> well, you're amazing. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you and maybe even ask you a question about this podcast, or if they want to know more about the foundation and how they could donate and, Absolutely. you know, get involved and maybe be a sponsor and that kind of thing. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so it's liveyourdreamfoundation.org is our website. Okay. We even have um, an app, a Live Your Dream Foundation app. Right on. Um, Apps Tango, shout out Apps Tango, but they donated the app for us and developed it. No way. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So Live Your Dream Foundation, it's a free app in the App Store. We've got our whole resource center for single moms there. Whoa, Where, you know, any kind of support that they Mm -hmm. need that we can't provide for them is there Very cool. and then katie at liveyourdreamfoundation.org as well that's k-a-t-i-e at liveyourdreamfoundation.org but yeah email me if you have any questions or want to collab or anything like that yeah i love it and i'll put that in the show notes and the link so they can just link right to it so okay yeah and we that. give scholarships twice a year yeah and so the upcoming deadline for fall semester is april 10th yeah so i've always been one like <clears throat> I don't know why I'm getting emotional. But like when I wanted to change lives and make a difference in people's lives, I'll never forget my mentor said, 
you know what's going to be the hardest thing for you to do if that's what you want to do? I'm like, what? And he goes, practice what you preach. Yeah. And I was like, and I knew it logically, but as I went on, I was like, oh, I'm telling these people to do something that I'm not doing. And I thought, no, I got to live up to that. Exactly. So here's why I'm saying this, folks. Um, <laughs> I'm going to challenge everyone listening to this to make a donation Oh, wow. to um, the Live Your Dream Foundation. And you go to the liveyourdreamfoundation.org and make a, a donation. It's really simple. And I would never tell you guys to do something that I don't do. But I did, you did before today. you got here today, a donation to that uh, foundation. So Yeah, and 100% goes to the cause. Which like is, I said, I live my life in uh, yeah, as a philanthropist, so yeah. we're able to do that. And yeah. I've got awesome volunteers yeah. to help me 100%. make it happen. So 100%. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So again, I did it, and I'm going to challenge you guys. If it's one dollar, or if it's a hundred, or if it's a thousand, whatever you can do, support huge. this amazing thing. And boy, the more we can help these single moms have a chance to get an education and to better themselves, absolutely. It's only like you said, the ripple effect is well. And enormous. that's the thing is, like you know, you think of like every challenge in life, like whether it be you know um, special needs, dis- disabilities, mm-hmm. uh, suicide, refugee. Like we help. Like single moms are in all of these groups. All of them, right? Exactly. Autism, like yeah. all of these groups are, have single moms, and all of them we're helping all of these different yeah. um, families, um, you know, t- so that they can, you know, live their dreams and that yeah. they can, you know, do the things that they need to do to to live. Yeah. Right. Forty percent of single moms are in poverty. Wow. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. 40%. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Again, this is why this is so needed. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And and now you are the 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 doorkeeper to that, so to speak, and For because sure. of what you went through. So Yeah, because yeah. all moms and dads want to take be able to take care of their kids, right? Absolutely. Like that's, why? Yeah, that's, that's just a, something that we natural. all want, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, man, you're amazing. Thank you for coming on my show. First time on a podcast. First time on a I podcast. I feel even more honored. <laughs> But you you got really vulnerable today. Thank you for the vulnerability. That is so refreshing. Yep. Um, thanks for being a, a help to the single moms. And I don't know. I don't know what to say. You're 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 an amazing person, and I'm glad we have you in our world. Well, thank you so much. You right back at you, like <laughs> really and truly. Thank you. If you don't know Todd, listen to all of his podcasts. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because he's incredible. Thank you so much. And so yeah, please reach out to Katie. Katie Bunnell. She's amazing. You guys are amazing for tuning in week after week. Share this with anyone you know. Uh, if you if you even have connections to businesses and stuff that can donate, give them a link to this podcast so they can listen to Katie's story and be inspired to help. Um, but thank you guys for believing in me, and I love you more than you know. I'd like to thank our sponsors. We've got some amazing sponsors. I love you. I hope you know how much I appreciate uh, what you guys do for me in this podcast. And, So one last thank you, Katie. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks a million. All right. Till next time, everyone. Love you guys.